Hey, everybody, today, my guest, Double Eisner Award winner David F. Walker. He received two of the prestigious awards at Comic Con the day after he joined me recording this podcast. His list of credentials is way long to list, but Google his dude. He's worked for DC and Marvel, and he birthed a wholly original character from idea to TV show. Check out Naomi. He has projects in the pipeline and a long list of works and credits. David learns how much I disliked him back in the day when we met and why. Find out why we still hate the late John Morgan. David has a project, Bitterroot in the process and Regina King is in line to direct it. Let's hope that works out because I love her and I will exploit this relationship to get a chance to meet her. David has also won awards for his graphic novels depicting the life of Frederick Douglass and the Black Panther Party. Obviously two separate stories. So sit down, strap in, tune in and turn up this racially ambiguous episode of Tony on Mike. Our story begins as these stories often do. I'll name drop, right? Hold it, please. Uh, so Jim Brown, the, the football player Jim Brown. Oh, dang, you're not, <laughs> you're not starting small. <laughs> children tell our story. No, that had, it had that's that super bass line. Oh, that's it was right. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. Boom. You have no control who lives, who dies, who tells your I still believe that some people are damaged beyond repair. And that was what the movie are was you? about. Are yes, you? I am. You are. Story, story, that one was just sad. Yeah, maybe I'm a freak, but there's somebody else who's got the same right. freaky thing, right. right? I'm not the only freak. Yeah, I'm not the only freak. And if we can't belittle others to make ourselves feel better, what's the what's, point? What right. is the point? What's the point? You said they scooby dooed it up, was I think your quote. Yeah, they scooby dooed it up, yeah. I have to say, that's the most amazing story I ever heard. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time you listen to this fine podcast product, my name is Tony Lawrence, and this is Tony on the Mic today. Uh, I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blicking black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black, and I'm black. My guest has a DC and a Marvel page, which I thought was pretty cool. I just found that out today, as a matter of fact. Oh, I didn't even know that. So yeah. there you go. If you go to <laughs> if you go to DC, uh, DC slash creator David Walker's there, and if you go to Marvels, there's a similar, you know, it's like their wiki page or whatever. Yeah, I, I knew about the Marvel one. I did know about that one. Okay, I I I I'm not one of those people who looks myself up. So uh, I don't know. I know everything that's ever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you probably do. You could. You <laughs> not, about, not about me. I'm. I'm. Uh, I haven't been written much about that uh, you know of. That I know of, right? Because I don't check. So, and also, uh, BJ was going to be in here as he often is during these podcasts. But today, Richie Lawrence is sitting by. Say, hey, Richie. Hey, Richie. Richie is. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about Dave's career? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're in the house. Richie goes. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to say or contribute. And I said, Ah, oh, something jumps in your mind. Then I put him on the spot. So you're down for Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. I think that's what I'm here for. I mean, <laughs> that or, um, well, it was Richie's birthday last night. That's true. That's I true. got in too late. So, uh, so yeah, I, and it was just BJ's birthday earlier in the month. Yeah, Abby's birthday. Abby's birthday. Yeah, so she's not here. She doesn't even count. But <laughs> there's, there's sort of like this Lawrence birthday yeah July is it right yeah. so you got to make it happen so like comic-con was just like kind of ah yeah, yeah well I'm here you know when, <laughs> when in Rome right like I I, I want to hang out with a hundred and 
35,000 other people during a pandemic, but you know. Now, how long have you been coming to Comic-Con? Uh, let's see. So I, my first time here was in 1998. Oh, wow. And since then, I... I've only missed two years, not counting up the until COVID years. Uh, no, so I, I wasn't here in 2010 and I wasn't here in 2012. Okay. Um, but 2019, I was here. Then obviously there wasn't, there was nothing in 2020. And then there was a weird thing in 2021 that was yeah. kind of like the, it was like Comic Con and a half. Come on. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, and I didn't go to that. So, um, but yeah, so since 98, I've, there's only two that I've missed. Now, are you on uh, one of those purists who says, back in my day, it was about comic books? Yes, I am. I'm totally <laughs> like that. I'm like, kids, pull yeah. up your pants. And... Yeah. Oh, my Lord! It's weird to, but it, see, it's not just the convention itself that that I really am sort of, that I marvel at, I guess. It's, it's downtown San Diego. It's that part yeah. of the city. Yeah. Like how much it's changed, but then also how much it hasn't changed because it's still like crazy homelessness and it yeah. still smells like urine just about everywhere you go. Not so, in La Mesa. Not yes. Here. No. The if the wind <laughs> picks up enough, I'm sure you could. You It'll could, waft. I, I I caught a couple whiffs today. It was like, <laughs> is there like a Sasquatch around here or a dead skunk? Because yeah, I tell you, yeah. I, I, having not been in Portland very often, I was shocked at the homeless situation in Portland. It's crazy at some part places. Oh, it's it's out of hand. It's, yeah, it's, it was... it's yeah, it's that's because you know San Diego sent all of like half of yours up to us. No, we bus. bus them there. We yeah. uh, we well, Seattle does that. Them... Seattle, no. Seattle. I don't know if they still do it now, but right. for years there was a thing where they would just put homeless people on a bus to Portland and vice versa. And so <laughs> on, like you could be in downtown Portland one weekend, and you would see you know these people panhandling or whatever right and then a week or two later you'd be up in seattle you'd see the same, same people. people and it's like what yeah it's and and like yeah, we it's shouldn't, specific we, sh- we shouldn't laugh but i'm gonna yeah um look if we can't if we're in a position making podcasts in this studio and if we can't belittle others to make ourselves feel better what's the what's, point what right. is the point what's the point that's the only reason i started a podcast yes was that i could belittle other what do you think richie about homelessness what's the solution <laughs> so that's a tough question for a 20 year old 21 year old yeah, yeah you know how old he is it's man. A tough, that's right how's he gonna i was gonna, I was, gonna <laughs> I was gonna say 20 but as of yesterday 21 21 you feeling better yeah richie richie had a little party last night no yeah feeling fine woke up made a bacon egg and cheese with some tomato nice nice it's pretty good yeah um, took a nap i saw i saw how much you drank before i left richie we richie had a party mm-hmm. and he allowed us, his parents, to be there from six to seven, okay. and then we had to leave so his real friends could get there at seven. Luckily, our food was late, so we got to hang around to like seven thirty, quarter to eight. Okay, but but um, it was getting almost to your bedtime anyway. It was that close. Point. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. close. Yeah. He was actually falling asleep at the table. That is untrue. I did a superhero <laughs> pose before I left. Spider Man. He took a shot and started posing like Spider-Man on the floor, and I told him it's time to go home. <laughs> oh, wow. So dad was under the table, basically. <laughs> like, that's... So, I'm going to reveal some things I'm sure Richie doesn't know, and I don't think you know either. Actually, I used to not like you. Okay. And it's a, it's a, it's a very... Now, with, with hindsight, it's very clear and evident. Okay. Why. And it was because when I left, you were very much like a brother to yeah, yeah. my brother and sisters. Yeah, yeah. And I was very threatened by that. I was very 
you know, I, I, I didn't really know you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know anything about you. But I know every time I talk to somebody, it's Dave Walker this, Dave Walker that. <laughs> then we did out, we went out and did an open mic comedy or something. And you were confident. How dare you be confident doing comedy? <laughs> you were funny I'm, as hell that night. You came out but, with the signs. You had like the big K's. I remember that. Yes. yes. So, yeah. Wow. That's pretty impressive that you remember that. But, <laughs> but inside, yeah, I was a mess. And I'm like, who is this guy? Confident, <laughs> hanging around my family, being a good dude, <laughs> you know. And it and it was never. I shouldn't say that. It was never like outward vitriol. Yeah, it was yeah, never, yeah. No, there but was, you, was, you were never rude or mean to me. Yeah, it, it was, was. It was just like, I, it was clear. Like, oh yeah, there's there's Tony who doesn't live in town anymore. Right, right. And 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 the funny thing is though, along those same lines, like BJ and I were never that close when we first met because he went up to Seattle. He moved up to Seattle oh, yeah, like within a right. year yeah. of that, right? Yeah. It was like after the fact and and it was just kind of like, oh yeah, BJ it was it, like my friendship was more with with Valerie and Abby. Right. And and so yeah, no, it's it's well, you, come on, talk about how much you hated me. Come and on, I, I want to hear this. This is good. <laughs> just this is good. just to be clear, I've always liked you, David. Thank you. I yeah, the, 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 you're nothing like your dad. The, 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 this nut did, it fell very far from the tree, so. <laughs> well, and and I remember once and and the one the one time that sticks out there was a comedy night I think where you were super confident and it made, it made me mad and then the other one was BJ came down mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was a social media or a phone call whatever it was it was me Abby Valerie and David are hanging out and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Oregon well you know what's it's it's funny because um like, because I'm an only child, right? So uh, I don't, I, I, I have no siblings. And so I'm sure I, like, the moment I met the Lawrences, I was, ooh, they look like they could be family, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So I, there, I, I'm sure I probably gravitated more towards that. And, and, um, and it's funny because there's, there's times when I'm hanging out with, with, um, Abby and Valerie where it's like people just assume that yeah. I'm one of the brothers. Yeah. And, like well, it's just easier. That's what bothered me. I, 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 really <laughs> I could I could see that. Yeah. I I I think if I was in your shoes, um, I could see that. I I think that, that that totally makes sense. There's been a couple times where people have walked up to me and be like, "Oh, so you must be BJ," and I'm like, "Why must I be <laughs> right. BJ?" You must right? be. So well, because we're all racially ambiguous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we all look alike. Yes. Yes. All us mulatto children. Yes, we all we all look like Bruno Mars. That's the yeah. good thing. So I wish my wife would be happy. She's a big Bruno fan. <laughs> then you became an overnight sensation a couple years ago. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You've been you've been right. I think didn't you write for the Mount Hood paper or something? A movie you do movie reviews. I a I, I wrote ago? for um for Willamette Week for okay. the um maybe yeah. the the Alt Weekly in Portland from uh I started freelancing there in '99. Uh, and then I was brought on staff in 2000 and then was there till 2007, eight, somewhere in there. So, yeah, like too long, but long yeah. enough to long enough to, to know that um, on the list of things I don't ever want to do again. That's that's that's, that's, that's on that's there. there. We yeah. talked about it. Get that, yeah. Richie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nodding isn't good on the podcast. You gotta... Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Got it. We talked about things you don't want to be and, and, and simultaneously strive to be what you want to be and not be what you don't want to be and take those victories in stride. 
when did you get when did you did you ever know you're going to be successful and have stuff published did you because you projected that you did oh no i was like you know that that's funny that you say that i projected confidence or i seem confident because i never was i Mm -hmm. i'm still not i'm i get really there's there's a bit more duality to it now where like i can look at it and i can see it and i can under like i can accept that other people see it right yeah and so even when i'm like when I'm at Comic-Con, I can't let that insecurity show, right? right. And I can't, because more importantly, if if someone I don't know walks up to me and says, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan and, you know, oh, will you sign my book, whatever, I can't go to them, oh, I hated writing this book. Right. I suck at it. <laughs> oh, this book is terrible. Yeah. And so, um, you know, someone asked me to sign a book and I was like, oh, man, this is, you know, totally cool. Okay, I'll do that. And it's, it's. You almost it's 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 like if you didn't have a sense of smell, but everybody says, "Wow, it smells bad here," right? And right. you're like, "Well, I'm, I All just right. got to take everybody's word right. for it," right? <laughs> it's I mean, and there's people who don't like my work, but they don't count. So right, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's a weird thing, and I I think that I was just talking with somebody about this recently because they were sort of lamenting where they are at in their career, and and you know, what they saw as being a lack of success. And there's some people that are just wired in such a way that I think they're probably never going to think they're successful because you don't, you just can't stop. Right. Right, Like there's like, I'll never forget. I'll name drop. Right. Please. Uh, So Jim Brown, the the football player, Jim Brown. Dang. You're not not starting small. (laughs) You know, um, I was interviewing him years and years and years and years ago. And and he, he said, you know, success is a journey, not a destination. And that was the first time I ever heard anybody say that this was like 30 years ago, but that just stuck in my head. Success is a journey, not a destination. And I think about that a lot. And so when you, if you think about it that way, you get somewhere and then you, maybe you, you look around you go, okay, Hey, it's really cool here. This is fun. What's next. Right. And, and, and so I've always sort of been a what's next person and um, for better or worse. Right. Yeah. So well, remind me at the end to ask what's next. But OK, we got a we got a, a script. OK. And we're sticking to the script. We'll stick to the script. Actually, we're already off script. OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, people people would say Naomi was your big break. Um, because that's something that's tangible that you can point and say it was on <clears throat> CW I have photo. I have still photos of the of where it says created by David mm-hmm. F. Walker. You know, and that's really freaking cool. What do you think your your kind of breakout was? What do you think? I'm sure you don't think, "Wow, I've made it," and you're just lying in a bed of money. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Scrooge McDuck in it. But <laughs> but what do you think was the first time that you felt, "Wow, the people appreciate this." That's a really good question. I it, it there's sort of like there's stages of it, right? Um, and there there's different stages where it's like, oh, okay, like when I got my job at Willamette Week, it's like, okay, I've made it now, right? Like, like I had You're... benefits, right? right, I, had, right. I, I had a I was on salary and I had benefits, and I'm not even going to say how little money I made, but it, like I I honestly felt like I made it. Um, and and that was one of the few times in my life where I felt like I'd arrived someplace. Right. Did and, you have a press credential? Um, well, not like a. Okay. It was you know yeah I'd walk up and say hey I work for a newspaper right you know so um 
Well, back then, that was a big deal. Yeah, no, it was. Bigger than it is, obviously, now. Yeah, now it's like, what are newspapers? Right. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't think that... Okay, I, I will tell you, this is this is probably the strangest thing that's ever happened to me. This is where I had to come to grips with, um, I guess, with not who I am, but how I'm perceived, right? Right. So there's what I call the, the convention's um, safe zone, right? You go to a convention, like, here in San Diego, and there's a certain, like, perimeter that is, like, if, if you're in that perimeter, like, all bets are off, and, and you know you're going to see... I, I know I'm going to see people I know. I'm going to see people that I don't know, but they know me. They're they're likely to stop me. Right. Even, even, like, today, everyone inside was wearing a mask, but people were stopping me, right? Mm. Um, and so... But the moment you get away from what I from that zone, whatever that zone is, and every city that I go to a convention, whether it's in Seattle or New York, or uh, there's WonderCon in Anaheim, there's that zone, right? And but if somebody recognizes me outside of that zone, it gets really weird. And in it was it was 2019, and um, I was in New York City. And New York City is the one city it should not happen ever. To, ever. You should never see anyone you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and and especially the, and and so the the convention center there is uh, the Javits is way over on the west side. It's it's almost on the river, um, almost on the Hudson, and and you can see New Jersey from it. And it's just like it's and there's nothing around there. There's not that much around there. So 2018, everywhere I went in New York. Like people recognized really? me, and it was like the first time, like totally freaked me out because I thought this guy was going to jump me. Right? <laughs> I was I was walking down the street, and and this guy was following me. Like I could I saw him see me, and then he followed me for like about a block. He was on the other side of the street, and then he started coming over, and you know I'm like reaching in my pocket right, looking right. for for keys to put him so, between my fingers. Right, yeah, right. And then he got up and he he got like you know as close to me as you are right now. And he was okay. like, I knew it was you. And I thought he's going to uh, say, I knew it was you. You stole my wife, whatever. I knew you it was know, you, Fredo. He, yeah. Or <laughs> I knew it was you, dad. Um, <laughs> and he goes, you're David Walker. And I was like, that, that moment, that particular moment on that trip, I've never had anything like that, that intense. But then it happened like three or four more times during that, that trip. Same trip. Wow. Yeah. And so this was, you know, this was again, just before the pandemic. And I, I would say that if there's like a weird moment of, oh, like like I, I don't know how to describe it other than to say, okay, this is that moment where you, where you start to realize that your my anonymity is gone. Yeah. Like like I never thought it would be because I I didn't I don't want to be famous. You right. know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm like there's comic book famous, right? Which is like five levels below serial killer famous right <laughs> like like you could walk up to anybody on the street and name five serial killers and five comic book creators and you, people are going to know but, right. the serial killers before they're going right. to know the comic creators right. like like and especially if you're not if you don't put like stan lee on the right. list right, right. so Take yeah stan lee off the list <laughs> you know any others richie uh, Jack Kirby. Okay, yeah. there you go. David Walker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, you had to go with the two most well-known, and then you get down to me, but, you know, the Ted Bundy. <laughs> right, yeah. Son of Sam, David Berkowitz, yeah. So. Zodiac. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, um, well, I'm going to name drop. Okay. Okay, I was sitting interviewing Prince and Michael Jackson. Okay. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they went, man, Tony, you're you're talented. <laughs> no, uh, but I am going to say that my most awesome moment, and I am I consider myself La Mesa famous. Yeah. yeah. And, and La Mesa is a smaller town, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe branching into a little East San Diego famous, you know, but. but yeah, yeah. Um, Somebody came up to me and said, "Are you Tony on the mic?" And I'm like, <laughs> "And I'm like, yeah." She goes, "Oh, I listened to your show. My grandson was on your show. It was Brian Trinkle who had cancer, and his, I bumped into his grandma or baby, somebody, some mm-hmm. combination." And but my license plate says MC Tony. Okay. So and I'm like, and I have stickers, of course, on my car. It says Tony on the mic. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if this was a big guess, but she she was it was cool. She made a, like a big deal about it. It's it's an interesting thing to have happen, and yeah. and I feel like it's it. I've had enough of it happen to know I don't want more. I don't yeah. want it. Like I used to say, um, as uh, I want to be the kind of famous that someone like me would recognize right, me, right? Right. Because <laughs> I I'll do the hey what's up, but I won't say anything to you, right? right. And and um. Yeah. yeah, so it's just, it's just kind of, I think there's been, in my life, there's been like two or three that I consider famous people that n- nobody else would, right? Right, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That like, the biggest of those was Meatloaf, right? Yeah. And, and but like, there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Meatloaf. At the, at a movie theater, and I was like, you're Meatloaf. Um and and but then the other will be like these weird character actors that you yeah. only see in horror movies and and uh yeah you know that's it's it's always look if you're putting yourself out there in some capacity i don't care yeah. whether it's as an athlete or you know um a musician actor or writer if you're putting yourself out there you know you want what you're doing to be recognized right, right? yes and there's, that would be ideal. Yeah, and there's no, there's, there's almost no way for what you do to be recognized without you being recognized in some capacity, yeah. right? And, and so you, you have to come to peace with that. And I, I think a lot of people begin to shut down with that, you know, because like you're talking about the, the, the confidence, right? Yeah. Like, no, you just fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. Like you just don't let them see you. I'm confident now. Yeah. No, I can do anything anyway. <laughs> we're, play, we're playing House of Blues uh, August 31st. Uh, stream it live at TonyOnTheMic.com. But, um, and honestly, you know, announcing, and I just feel, I feel at this stage in my life, like if you put me on doing stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. I'm not confident that I'm going to be funny, yeah. per se, but I'm confident that I'm going to engage the crowd mm-hmm. and, and have a good relationship. If you, if you want me to sing, nobody's going to make, I'm not going to make you forget Meatloaf or... You know, anybody yeah. like that. But I can carry a tune well enough that I can just do it and pull it off. And I'm also confident now, and it took me, obviously, I'm 58 now. It mm-hmm. took me a long time to to genuinely not care what people think. You know, and it's not, for a while I didn't care almost as a as an attack mode. Like, a, like I don't care what it's, you think. Yeah, yeah it's like, like defense. It's your right. shield. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now it's like, look, I know me. I know what I'm doing. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody <laughs> mad. I'm not trying, you know, this is what I am. So if you find something that makes you mad enough not to like me and what I do, well, that's a you problem. Yeah, no, it's, and it's funny that we were talking about this, you, you know, because I have the attitude now. It's like, I know who should hate me. 
Like right. I, there's there's a list. I can I could give it to you. You can cross me off. It. Yeah, and and but it's like if you hate me and and you're not on that list, then it's your problem. Right. 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 And and that's the thing. It's like I've I you know I think as as we get older, Richie, pay attention to this. Right. <laughs> as we get older, it's like you even the people you had rivalries with or you hated. Yeah. Like you. Okay. So I'll tell this story. <clears throat> okay. Uh, when I was a kid growing up. Uh, there's this kid, John Morgan, and we were we went to the same elementary school, kindergarten through these, sixth grade. I love these stories. And and I hated John Morgan. Nice, I hate him already. And I I can't tell you. Well, anyway, so I, <laughs> I I hated him like with a white hot passion, to the point like if I met somebody named John Morgan, I would say, well, I knew a guy named John Morgan. I hated him. That guy. And I used to do like this memory test where I would look at my class picture. And I would try to name every kid in the picture, and I'd get to John Morgan, and I'd be like, I hate that guy, right? <laughs> um, and and so, you know, we're talking, this is the 70s, right? Okay. So cut to, we'll say maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago, just on a whim, I scanned all of my class photos, and I, I posted them on Facebook. And I, this is, I went to elementary school, kindergarten through sixth grade in Connecticut, so I lost track of like yeah. 90% of more than 90% of those people. There's like five that I was connected to on Facebook. So I tagged them and then they started tagging other people. Right. Okay. And so suddenly I'm seeing these comments from people that I haven't seen since 1980. Like, yeah. And then somebody leaves a comment and they're like, oh, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so. And they were like, oh, there's John Morgan. I can't believe he's dead. Oh. And yeah. And I was like. <laughs> Oh, that's shit. not where I thought that story yeah. was going. I, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, John Morgan, I hate that guy. And then I was like, but why do I hate him? Yeah. And he's dead. Yeah. And I haven't seen him since 1980, since we were in sixth grade. And, you know, I beat him up in front of his mother. Oh, that's how much I didn't like. He this probably kid. deserved it. He probably did. Yeah. I um, and and uh, I, I, I didn't get suspended, but I got detention once I got caught. Beat. I beat him up a couple times. Um, and he so, probably hated you. He's probably like, why is he beat me up every day? I didn't even do anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he earned it. He definitely <laughs> earned it. But, you know, but the thing was, is like, I can tell you that I, we got into some fights and that, you know, I beat him up in front of his mother and that I hated him, but I can't tell you why any of those things happened. happened. Yeah. And now the guy is dead. Right. Yeah. And, and, but I spent all those years, like, so every time I'd look at a class picture, I'd be, okay, there's Burt Price, and there's Charles Chapman, and there's, uh, you know, Kira Hurwitz, and there's, you know, all these right, kids that right. I, I'm remembering, and that's John Morgan. I hate that guy. Yeah, that guy. Newman. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I was like, you know, you got to let go of that, right? No, like, 100%. It's, it's, um, it, 100%. It's, it's, and if you, especially if you can't remember, yeah, you know, like there's some people I remember what you did to yep, me. You yep. know, I got that list. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm petty. Yep. I can carry a grudge, <laughs> but it doesn't. It at the end of the day, it doesn't do us any good. No, right. No. So yeah, no. What other people think of me? Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to think that everybody I've met has reason to not hate me. Right. But right. if you do hate me, like. That's right. that's your problem. That's a you problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like like yeah. you're carrying like like oh hey I I leased you're leasing that much space right you know you're giving <laughs> yeah. it to me for free I'm not even paying hey. for it so yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Who it's, do you hate, Richie? John Morgan. John Morgan. Yes. 
I don't think I truly hate anyone. Who do you almost hate? Who do you fake hate? <laughs> Who's your rival? Um, you you always talk about how much you hate Dino. No. <laughs> um, my my I have a joking rivalry with uh my friend Josh's other friend Joey. Josh Gaudet's friend. Yeah. Josh Gaudet, the fighter, sponsored yeah. by Tony on the mic. Sponsored sp- uh, sponsored <laughs> fighter Tony on the mic. Right. <laughs> Josh Gaudet. I I hate Josh. No, I'm just no you sponsor him, but you hate him. Yeah, like, right. that's, keep your enemies close, Tony. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that is what you do. Well, he is a fighter, so yeah, I don't want to. He make wants him mad. on his side. Yeah, if I ever need, you know, in a pinch. <laughs> so, oh my god. Um, so we talked about this briefly in Oregon, but when you see something, and I also talked to my last guest, New York Times bestseller Jonathan Evison, who did things. You know, yeah. Since we're name dropping. Yeah. Clink. Um, it hit was, the ground. Yeah. I <laughs> and <laughs> now, nah, damn it, I forgot. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I forgot the question. But he he said he did uh, the fundamentals of caring. It starred Paul Rudd. It was semi autobiographical, mm-hmm. biographical, and and he said he you know the the book was was harsher. It was filled with more pain and more everything because you know you only had two two hours to tell a movie. Mm-hmm. When you saw Naomi, did you see the whole run, or how did you see it, and how did you digest it? Did you did you feel like it re- adequately represented what you want, or did they cut you a check so you said whatever? Well, let's see. And I, let's see. I guess I don't want to get you in trouble. Burn no, any no, bridges, okay? I burned those bridges. Those man. bridges are gone. Those bridges okay. are gone. All right. Um, I thought I thought Casey. I think her last name is Walfel, who who played Naomi. I thought she did a phenomenal job. I thought yeah. you know she I was like seventeen year old kid and did a great job. Um, I wasn't a particular fan of the show. I don't think I was ever going to be. I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to be able to be that person. Right. Uh. Um, I looked at it and saw it for what it is, which was. It was its own show. It was an adaptation of of a property that I helped create, and I disagreed with like the vast majority of the choices they made, other than the casting of oh, okay. of, of Casey. Of lead. And and it was, you know, I didn't want to be that critical, and I I didn't know how to not be that critical, and then it didn't help that they still haven't paid me any money. So what? <laughs> yeah. Dude, your name's right on the thing. Had to fight just to get that too. Wow. So, um, so there's there's a certain amount of hostility. You know, we're talking about holding grudges. You know who runs that company? Uh, John Morgan. Yes, that's right. He's the ghost <laughs> of John Morgan. Um, it's it's like, but when you're if we're talking about hostility, rage, open contempt, right. want to pee on somebody, you right. know, okay. actually, I'd rather poop on them. Okay, like, fair. It's, it's this whole corporation that that I've got some beef with, and. Um, you know, and and that's the thing. Big, you know, mega billion dollar corporations don't care about individuals. Right. You know, right. um, and and when I was watching the show, there was this there was this part of me that was like, okay, this is it's cool that this exists, and I'm never going to say to people like I outright outright hated the show because I, I didn't outright hate it, right. but it was like I'm not the demographic, and right. and so as I was watching it, I was just like, okay, you know. They they have a really limited budget, and it, I'd be like, "This was an interesting choice. I wouldn't have gone this direction." Yeah. And I I, I I haven't watched the show yet. Um, on on Disney Plus, there's the show Ms. Marvel. 
I haven't watched it yet, but I, I, I say, have you watched Urging? I watched it, but when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh god, like this is this is where they this is a show that must have had money, right? Because right, right. like, <laughs> that's the thing you watch Naomi, and it's like, um, did like you could have called me, I could have loaned you some cash, right, to just, right? Did you watch the whole thing, Richie? I don't think I've seen any of it. What? You never say that. The creator's no, can, right there. Say, I, I'm not offended. No, when we were in Oregon, he said they didn't pay him any money, so I didn't watch the show out of spite. <laughs> oh, out of spite. Good, good job. Thank you. Wait, That's <laughs> good. You Wait, know how to carry a grudge. That's right. for... <laughs> this is why he's family. So. Right. right. <laughs> you said they scooby-dooed it up was, I think, your quote. Yeah, they scooby-dooed it up, yeah. Because Jonathan said, when, we, when I was talking to him, he, he said at a very early point, but he got paid. Yeah, yeah. But so I guess there's a difference. There's a huge said, difference. Yeah. He said, you know, once they they paid me, instinctively I wanted to talk. You know, yeah. yeah. To do but he goes, I just do do what you want. It's your property now. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? You kind of have to take that attitude unless they're paying you to adapt it, right? So like, there's a um, there's a movie on Netflix called The Old Guard, and um, Charlize Theron is in it, and it's based on a property that a friend of mine wrote and then he got hired to write the screenplay and I watched his name's Greg Rucka and I watched what Greg went through in that process of of adapting his own property for a Hollywood company and I and I was like yeah I don't want to go through this right, right, right. like like I don't want to fight with people over something that I know better than all of you. Right. And and so I, I think about that. It's it's not to say that I wouldn't ever want to adapt something that I did for film or TV, but it would have to be just the right thing. Yeah. And it would also I would also have to be in a position of power where I can fire people. Yeah. Like like it's 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 that simple. And it's it's and you know, we've talked it's like being your own boss, right? Yes. Like like um I don't ever want to be in a situation where I'm hired to adapt my own thing. And then I can get fired from it because I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that happen. I've, oh. I've, yeah. So when you adapt uh, Darius Logan, just remember, you <laughs> promised me a spot. Yes. And whatever it is, when I was like 10 years old, okay. <laughs> will not forget. I, I won't forget either. Um, <laughs> it's you know, that's and that's an interesting one because there was like it's it, that's one of those things where the timing is off. Right. I, I don't do either of you watch the boys. Oh, oh yeah. I love the boys. Okay, I love the boys. Yeah. The boys is nothing like Darius Logan, right? No. Except that it is set in a superhero world, but it's more superhero adjacent. Yeah. And that's so I finally got a book deal for like a real book deal for Darius Logan. Wow. And um and so it's already gone out to all the film production companies, right? Okay. And and they're all saying, oh, yeah, well, this is, they say, it's just too much the like the boys. boys. Right. And it's like, well, it's nothing like the boys. Right. But But I I get what you're saying, yeah. and I get your limited vision. Vision, yeah. And, and so. But dang, the boys is hot. You would think they'd want something boys adjacent, even if it's only in their own head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's also why I'm not worried yet, because yeah. it went out before season two of the boys even dropped now now it's season three and it's like who would have thought this would be one of the best shows we'd see right Right. and so it's like now i don't know if either of you have ever read the comic but the boys yeah the boys i didn't even know it existed yeah and and it's they're vastly different Mm -hmm. and did you read it richie uh he tried to and he couldn't get through it 
<laughs> I've listened to people read it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's I like it's it's a lot more cynical, a lot more bitter than the show is. Darker the than the show pretty, is. The show's I, I know, right? So go there. Let's yeah. see how far it goes. But wow. Um, but that's one of those things where it's like, okay, the comics, the comics, and the shows, the show, and and you can have both. And this is why I don't get like those hardcore fans that freak out about things like, oh, you can't. You you can't cast Daniel Craig as James Bond. James Bond doesn't have blonde hair, and it's like, right, right. well, first of all, James Bond's not real, right? So right. let's let's start with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that like the boys. Same, are you same with comics like the Peter Parkers and the Aunt Mays? Oh yeah, the... I, I'm the same way with all of it. I don't. I, I like. I, I'm also. And this is difficult, but I've aged out. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in the demographic anymore. So if something appeals to me like the boys, I just I'm like giddy because because yeah. <laughs> most things I watch them and I just go like with Naomi. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm literally like 40 years too old for the show. <laughs> right. Like and and it's, you know, maybe when I was 13 and if I wasn't involved in it, I might have liked it. You right. Know? Right. Um but then I also watched The Greatest American Hero when I was a kid, and that show wasn't that. It was y- awful. Yeah, right? Yeah, have you watched it? <laughs> no, because. I found one, like, I watched like a 15 minute clip uh, probably a year ago, but I'm like, oh my God, this is bad. I remember getting sick of that show by the third episode because I was like, he still hasn't figured out how to use the suit? Come on. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was the it same joke over and over again. And. But, you know, this is back in the day when there was only three networks. Right. So you kind of... watch... Yeah. yeah. It was probably on Wednesday nights or something, right. and there's like <laughs> nothing else on right. Wednesday night. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. So See, themes used to be a thing, Ricky, back in, yeah. back in our day. I like the skip intro button. The skip intro. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny about themes? This is this is really uh, it, there's. I didn't know this until very recently. There's if you pay attention, there's two types of themes: television theme songs, and a lot of them, especially like with the Saturday morning cartoon stuff. Yeah. They tell you what the show's about, but like you, the theme to Happy Days, it tells you what it's yeah. about. Yeah. Um, the Jeffersons, it tells yeah. you what it's all yeah. about. And Gilligan's and Island. Gilligan's Island tells you what it's all about. Beverly Hillbillies. We could do this yeah. all day. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Adams Family, yeah. right? And and that was by design so that if you turned on the show for the first time, you would know what you were getting into right. before you got before it's you know it started. And that's all gone away, but yeah. it hasn't gone away. It, it's fairly recently that that's happened. Like like if you. Um, Late nineties, you Cheers know. Cheers still told the story. Friends, Friends still told the story. story. Spider Man theme song. Yes, Sp- yes. Well, that was that was yeah. that was even older though. But yeah, no, it does it. You're yeah. right. See, so, and and it's just kind of funny. And some shows had like intros, like Star Trek had an, yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, the adventure Rebel. Adventures of Superman had their their intro. So, it's um, it's it's interesting again how. Even the you know greatest American hero theme song said, you know, believe it or not, I'm walking, walking on air, yeah. and he wasn't walking so much right. as he was stumbling right. and right, right. flopping Clumsily around like flying. a like a fish out of water. So, it was the stupidest show, man. Now, what so- do you think, honestly? Because themes, 
are very sacred to me, you mm-hmm. know, and my mm-hmm. childhood memories and theme from SWAT, you know, and just and all these themes. But would we watch them if we had the option to skip them then? Because that's my kind of question. That I always try and put myself like, like I hate grown-ups who say things like, "Oh, they just want to play these video games." This one, if we had that video game technology, we, we would, would be playing those games because we spent money in an arcade to play Galaga and Frogger and whatever else. Do you think we'd skip the themes? Because I remember singing on one day at a time. We'll yeah. muddle through one day at a time, singing these theme songs. Oh my God! All these theme songs are running through my head. So I'll tell you. Right. <laughs> um, one of my go-to shows these days is I, I watch the Rockford Files a lot. Oh, wow. Right? And so the opening, Richie, I don't know if you know the Rockford Files or not. Okay, no, so the Rockford not. Files was about a private detective, Jim Rockford. And and back in the old days, like a show like the Rockford Files, before it would even start, there was like a trailer right, that right. showed you what the episode was kind of going to be about uh, tonight on the Rockford Files. And then there'd be like a 30-second bunch of clips together. And then they'd go into the opening. And so the opening of the Rockford Files was always um, Jim Rockford's office. The phone would ring. The answering machine would come on and say, uh, uh, this is Jim Rockford. I can't, you know, take your call right now. Please leave your name and number. And it was always a different message. Yeah. The person always left a different message. Yeah. And he can come in. Richie. So I watch the Rockford Files and I always wait to listen to the message and then, then I hit the skip intro button. Okay. Um, but sometimes I listen yeah. to it because the the music, the the intro music is great for the Rockford Files. The intro music to Barney Miller is great. Yeah. Was that something like that? It's not. It's and then Barney Barney Miller was. No, that had, it had that super bass line. Oh, that's like yeah, 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 yeah. Boom. So I would always listen to like. I'd listen to the Sanford and Son opening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Man it. Yep. So there's Man some it. stuff I would listen to, and I think a lot of it's the mood that I'm in, but yeah. to me, part of watching some of these shows yes. is yeah. that song, is that moment. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay, stop. Okay, our dog Our dog has joined us in the podcast studio. This is not a dog. This is like, <laughs> this is, um, this is like some prehistoric creature or something. He's, he's a big boy. He's a, fec- a big, affectionate boy. Um, okay, I got a question. I saw Bitterroot is in pre-production. Can you spill anything? Yeah, no, I I don't think it's in pre-production so much as it's still in, in a state of development. There's a stage before pre-production um, when there's there there's still not a script. There's still not a working okay. script yet. So is it going to be A animated? feature film. No, it's going to be live action feature oh, okay. film. Um, Legendary that did Dune is the is the production company. Um, Ryan Coogler and his team. Ryan oh, Coogler wow. directed uh, Black Panther, yeah. and, and the new Black Panther movie is coming up. So he's he producing did, um, it. He did uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Creed. One. Yeah, he did Creed. Yeah. So he's he's on board producing it with his team, which includes Sev Ohanian and a few others. And then Regina King is attached to direct. What? And the last I, I heard, love Regina King. Yeah, she's great. The last I heard, she's still on board. You know, she had some um, some very difficult times in her family with her her son's death. Um, mm. But from what, and I've never talked to her. I've never met her. And and I don't need, like some point I will, but I don't right. need to. You know, right. 
Um, and I was, I know from a meeting that happened a couple weeks ago. So I get, I get reports from the meetings. I don't want to sit in on any of them. Right. right. <laughs> um, I know that, that, that a writer has been found that, that she really likes. And I know that the, that legendary's option is about to expire and they're going to renew it because we just signed those contracts. They so, give you any money? Yeah, I'll get okay, some money. You got, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they, oh, that's the thing. Like, they're, they're, see, the difference between Naomi and, and Bitterroot is that, like, I have control, right? And, and there's when you get into the, the, the comic sphere, the comic space, the comic industry, there's always conversations about work for hire versus creator owned. And, um, and Bitterroot is creator owned. And Naomi was work for hire. But the key was that the three of us, myself, Brian and Jamal, actually created her from like she didn't exist. Like okay. we, we brought her into the world and then she gets her own show. Right. And and it's happened. Brian, who co-created Naomi with me, he also co-created like Miles Morales and, oh. and some other really big characters. And and in those situations, they Sp- Spider-Man for Mexican yeah. Spider-Man, yeah, for yeah. those of you who did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, and, and if you have a decent enough contract, you're going to get some money. And if you don't have a decent enough contract, and they tell you that they're going to amend the contract so that it is in your favor, do not believe them. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> Another bit of wisdom yeah, for you. Yeah, especially if the person who made all the promises then gets fired, Ugh. then you're, then you're in a really bad, you can be in a very bad Ugh. situation, which is what I found myself in with Naomi. But Bitterroot has been, it's been fine. And it's, it's, you know, I look forward to seeing what they're going to do with it, you mm-hmm. know? And, and if you don't even, what episode are you on with, with Bitterroot? Yeah. Uh, well, we're, we're going to launch the next story arc, sometime next year so we've okay. we issue 15 was the last issue of okay. this story we're telling and that came out at some point last year i just don't remember when yeah so but the format where you guys write that's not like page per minute like no you know no, not at stuff. all yeah yeah no i mean i i i've done a, a treatment for um for bitterroot the bitterroot movie of, oh. of what i think it should be right and it in and of itself is pretty drastically different than oh. the 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 comic. There's, I don't. I'd I'd have to look at what I've written. No, I was going to say I didn't bring in any new characters for the film, but that's not true. I did bring in some new characters, and there's some existing characters from the comic that aren't in it. Um, and it just because it made sense. It made sense to get, you know, in film this character would be redundant. Right. Oh, here's here's something that we need to have happen in the movie. So we need to get rid of somebody, you know, and it's just, you make these decisions and sometimes they're really hard and sometimes, but at the end of the day, I just want it to be a movie that doesn't suck. Right. Right. You know, like on that list, you don't hope for a great movie, but make sure it's not a movie that's terrible. Yeah. That you're ashamed of. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Occupy Avengers. Yes. Until today. Today, yeah, I didn't realize. I thought that was like a jokey product you were working on, mocking Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I honestly, I, I, and well, you should have. And it was, and it's the, a the, stupid I, title. And the, <laughs> and the idea that it was 
Marvel sanction. Yeah. I mean, this is on Marvel's stuff. Yeah. And and I'm looking at it going, oh, and so I'm going to read it now. Okay. <laughs> because I completely, I saw bits and pieces just yeah. of your various things you were saying. And I honestly thought it was a, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a, a just a, like a, hey, let me make a funny little thing about Occupy Wall Street. It was when they when they approached me with it. They said, "Hey, there's this Avengers title. We 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 really want you to write. We're calling it Occupy Avengers." And my the first thing I said was like, "Yes, but can we name it something else?" Right. <laughs> and I wanted to call it like Underground Avengers because that's essentially oh, okay. what it was, yeah. right? Yeah. And and there's what I was trying to explain to them, and I I can't believe nobody understood what I was saying. I was like. By the time this book is out, no one's going to remember, remember what the Occupy exactly, movement is. Exactly. So, you, so you have to be careful. And and the funny thing is, is I mean, the, the, that book was a was a miserable failure, like from a sales standpoint. In fact, it was it was the last nail in my, essentially the last nail in my coffin at Marvel because the sales were so bad. But it was some of my best writing. Like so, oh. like there there's um, we only lasted nine issues we were supposed to last 12 and they cut us off you know prematurely with nine so i didn't even get to tell the whole story i wanted to tell but of those nine issues that i wrote uh five of them are great are okay. really like are they standalone yeah episodes? They're, they're, they're standalone okay. so issues one and two i really love and issues five six and seven and i think five six and seven when i when i look at like what I wanted to accomplish, what I want to accomplish as a comic book writer, um, and what I wanted to accomplish at my time that I was at Marvel, issues uh, five, six, and seven of Occupy Avengers are the closest to like what what I imagined as I you know in my head what I saw. It yeah. was so right there that when I look at it, I you know again even though it was it was the end of my tenure at Marvel. Um, it like there's that's one of those things that there's nothing but fond memories, even cool. though, again, because we got we didn't get the final three issues. Right. Yeah. 10, 11, 12. We didn't get the final three issues. I didn't get to tell the story that I had I mapped out. But life goes on. That's a, that's one of the things you learn in comics is like there's always a good chance you're not going to get to do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's just it's funny. I remember a few years back that I don't remember what it was. You'd had some some success at something mm -hmm. and two or three people, mutual mutual friends, mm -hmm. that now that we're friends, you know, yeah, not this wasn't yeah. back in the eighties when, yeah, yeah, when we were when yeah, when right. we were frenemies or <laughs> right, whatever. <yeah>. Right. <laughs> but you know, and they're like, Man, you know, David just come up like that like you know, overnight yeah. and I'm like, dude's been grinding since I Forever. Yeah, yeah. since I've known him. Well, that's the that's the perception for most people, right? It's like once you once you get into a position where they recognize you, there's a good chance you worked really hard to get there. You know, I mean, um, I can't say emphatically that's like with everybody, but you know, whether it's an athlete or a musician, most people like it's not the first time they picked up the ball that the, you right. know, like <laughs> Jordan, you know, right, yeah. right. Uh, LeBron, it's, it's, um, it's not the first time. And, and the same thing with, with music and, and it's the same thing with, with just about anything. And so, you know, for me, and I came into like when I made quote unquote made it, when I got to the point where comics 
working in comics was going to be my sole revenue stream, um, which is very hard to get to for most people. And I'm not there anymore. I was I was only there briefly for like two, three year period. Oh, really? And 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 the reason why is because the pay is never that good. And the amount of work either that you have to do, you're just never going to quite get there. Right. Um, and 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 the industry has changed so much, even in the last four or five years, that it's even harder. So when you meet a lot of comics professionals, especially if they're married, like their their significant other has a really good job, right. um, or yeah. like like myself, I, I supplement my income by teaching part time. Right. You know, so it's Portland, it, State, Portland State University. University. Yeah, yeah. So go Vikings. Yes, go Vikings. <laughs> um, and and so yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's it's weird because I can tell you know like I, I tell people I wrote my first comic book proposal in 1986 for a series that I never got to write I was fresh out of high school and that's that you know I wanted to do it even back then so 1986 I did not get my first paid gig in comics till 2004. Wow. You know, and in that time frame, I had a career, right? I was right. I was still working at a newspaper at this point. Now, you did movie reviews? Mine, mostly film reviews, okay, yeah. No but gosh. I also did, like, restaurant reviews. Okay. Where, what's the best place to get a taco in, yeah. you know, southeast okay. Portland? Um, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, people weren't, people don't see the grind. They right. don't, they don't see, they don't see you doing the push-ups, right? Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you've made a movie... With my sister, yeah, <laughs> and dang it, it's a go-to joke, but I'm I'm drawing a blank on the name. Damaged goods, damaged goods, damaged and goods. Uh, don't to, don't watch it. It's, it's, <laughs> is it out there? Is yeah, it's out around? there. You can find it. It's out there. It's on um, not Venmo because Venmo is a money thing, right? So, right. Oh, Vimo or v- Vimeo? Vimeo? Yeah, it's Vimeo. on Vimeo. It's on okay. Vimeo. It's you know, at this point, it's so politically incorrect that <laughs> like like I, I i like i'd be canceled right right it's, it's like it's it's a cancel culture moment waiting to happen mm. at some point they'll come back around and people yeah. will be able to look at it and go yes. oh my god but it was you know like it was my take on relationships that was as dark and gloomy and disgusting. It was it was an unromantic comedy, right? Oh, okay. And I still feel that way about relationships. It it like nothing has has changed significantly. I still believe that some people are damaged beyond repair. And that was what the movie are was you? about. Are yes, you? I am. You are. I I I am I it might not be beyond repair, but like it can take a little work. Like yeah, like, like like I I I will warn somebody beforehand. I'm like you know, okay, this is this is what you're getting. Who was that? There's a comic. Was it Chris Rock? Somebody, mom would know, but she's and they were saying in an interview, and he says, look, before we get in anything serious relationship wise, you need to go talk to my therapist. Yeah, so he can tell you all this stuff, and then if you're ready to, you know, especially with that level of fame yeah, yeah. that people, you know, and you see on TV, the shiny image, you don't see, you know, what's that? You don't see Robin Williams at home. You yeah. know, you see, you see this, what's going on. I, I w- at this point in my life, if I started, cause I, I'm, I'm single right now. If I started seeing somebody again, I wouldn't, I would never bring them to a comic convention. I would not let them be a part of this world or it would have to be someone who's already a part of this world. 
Uh. Um, I, I had some people hanging out with me today and they were frustrated just walking the convention floor with me because I can't go more than five, six feet without running into somebody that I know that I want right. to talk to or somebody who knows me. Yeah. And and I uh, it's like, that's it. You know, so I might not leave a 10 foot radius for two hours. Yeah. And it's like, OK, you know, and, and if you can't if, if, if the person I'm hanging out with can't hang with that. Well, then you can go back to the hotel, right. I guess, or, right. you know, where. And, and, and that's okay. Yeah. You but, know, it really is. If, but if some, yeah, as long as they understand up front. Nobody ever, nobody ever understands. Right. They say they understand. They, they go, they it's a comic convention. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And it's like, no, man, I'm, I'm David Walker. Like, right. like, I, like, like I walk in the room. I'm king of the nerds. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Morris Day in Purple Rain, you know, it's like. <laughs> Yeah. You run the place, so uh, it is kind of weird. We just had a seat change here. Richie is stepping out. He's, he's been waiting, waiting for uh, BJ to come here because he's he didn't want to do this. And we put him on the spot more Thanks, than once. Richie. I appreciate you being a good sport. Always happy to fill in. Okay, <laughs> thank you. It was fun. <laughs> and uh, welcome to the mic, my dear brother BJ. Hello, hello. So uh, he just got off a music producing shift at the zoo. Is that right? Playing music at the zoo. At the, the zoo? California Boardwalk stage. Well, I mean, yeah, not like producing in the studio. I mean, yeah. Producing music? I did yeah. produce, produce music. It came music. out of him. Yes. Yep. It was, yep. you, you birthed music. You, yes. you, um, ejaculated music. You. That's how we do. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, perfect. Perfect. Oh, and then you did Uncle Tom's Apartment. Yeah. And that I've seen. I think you sent me actually a file of that movie. Like I might have MP4. That, that's also on on everything Vimeo. I've done is on Vimeo. Okay, like most everything I've done, maybe everything. I don't even know. And uh, then Black Santa's Revenge. Yep, Black Santa's Revenge. Okay. So then I, I I've done a, a few other little shorts here and there. I'll probably go back to film at some point and direct something. I just had a um, I had an idea for what I think would be a ridiculously funny movie. Other people might not think it's funny, but okay. um, Do you want to say it here because dozens of people are going to hear this. Yeah, dozens of people. No, it's um. <laughs> so I, uh, I'll tell you when I get really depressed, uh, and I mean really depressed, I will start watching Sasquatch videos, Bigfoot videos on okay. YouTube, and going all the way back to like the in search of stuff that we grew oh, up yeah. with in the seventies, yep. and and I'm totally fascinated with Bigfoot with Sasquatch, but. I will just go there forever. And I was recently in like this really dark, depressed state. And like three hours later, I'm, I'm watching these, these videos and they're always the same. And it's always <laughs> these like white guys. Sometimes there'll be a woman and they're in the woods and they're like, look, there's a broken twig. Oh my God. There's no way a twig. And then, and it's pit. And nowadays it's pitch black and they've got on their night vision goggles. And like one person's like, I hear something out there. Let's go out there. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, no. you, you, you ain't never going to see no black folks right. doing this. Right. And then I was, and then I started thinking what would be funny would be if you had like the Sasquatch Bigfoot enthusiast who's making a documentary, but his crew is like, Three or four black guys who the would camera guy, yeah, blue yeah, mic. yeah, like the, the, for whatever reason they took the job and they just don't want to do it and like and this guy he's you know maybe he's done like twenty or thirty of these because yeah. like there's this one guy on YouTube like every month or two he's got a new video 
and I watch it. Bigfoot themed? Yeah, and they're terrible. Hey, and in or out? <laughs> you gotta be in. I mean, out for All right, because... Right, yes, Dad. <laughs> um, and, and so I was just like, it would be kind of funny, like... I, I, I was thinking, well, what would it be like if um, if Craig and Smokey from the movie Friday right. were like on a Bigfoot expedition? And then it just sort of snowballed from there. And I was like, I think I might have to write something like that. Yeah. I know how to make it work. Yeah, right? If you get star power, you could yeah. like for sure make oh, it Oh, if you get star fully. power, you yeah. do anything. But you could even do it like if you did it like a low budget sort of um, Blair Witch. Blair style. Witch thing. Yeah. But it, it does have to be funny. So it has to be like. This is Spinal Tap level right. of funny, right? So if you did like oh, this is Spinal Tap even meets yes, Blair Witch okay. Project, then meets you might Sasquatch. have, yeah, yeah you might okay. have something All on right. your hands. Um, Bobcat Goldthwait, the comedian Bobcat Goldthwait, yeah. he made a movie, a Bigfoot movie, and it's it's serious, and it's sort of like a a, a Blair Witch Projecty sort of thing, and it's just creepy enough that just you take Dave like, Walker water. He did, man. Man, that was my water. I thought this was yours, so... I, uh, yeah, whatever, I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> I'm staying at his place. Bob, you know, that's he's, true, he's, that's true. Bobcat you know. Goldthwait made a, an actual water. movie? Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh, I want to say it's called, like, Beaver Creek or something like that. It's got a It's got a name that has something to do with Bigfoot research. And it's and it is it's one of those almost like found footage sort of things. And nice. it's, it was it was decent. It wasn't, like, the greatest movie I've ever seen, but... Yeah, I I just I keep saying one day I'm going to go on a my own personal Bigfoot expedition, and the truth is I am not going to go on my own Bigfoot expedition. Um, I checked the websites to see where there've been sightings recently. I know where I would go um, if I was looking. Shannon will go with you. My wife would go with you. Would she? Okay. She she that's one thing she wants to do. There, there in Oregon, there just there was a, just a bunch of reported sightings out in um, Welch's, Oregon, oh, wow. which is just east yeah. of like where you guys went to high school. Yeah. So yeah, well they went to high school. You, well they went to high school. That's what, yeah. So <clears throat> that's what, Ryan. You know Ryan Shores. Mm-hmm. He he just he's touring again comedy, and he was told one of the conditions is don't like he went to Seattle, Portland area, somewhere mm-hmm. up in there. He says do not joke about. Bigfoot because enough people here take it seriously enough they can't find the humor in it. Okay. And and he's like I didn't really have any Bigfoot stuff, you know, in my so they, routine. They told him that. They told I... him that. Yeah. And oh, he was God. he made a bit of it. He's like, you know, usually you're so don't, you know, talk about the president or don't talk about, you know, just whatever. Yeah. And he goes, this is the only time I've ever been told something like, you know, just don't make any Bigfoot jokes. Don't joke about Bigfoot. <laughs> like I mean, Bigfoot, yeah. Like, but where else. where was he doing his show at? Like I that. Can't, I can't that's imagine. so bizarre, man. And come on, here's the thing. I believe in Bigfoot. I do. I will say okay. it right here. I All believe right. in you Bigfoot. You and my wife. Until I talk to other people who believe in Bigfoot, right. and then I'm like, nope, nope, that shit is not real. Um, <laughs> it's the same globe. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. But I I feel that way about like everything. God, I even feel that way about. It. It's like okay, yeah, you believe. Okay, nope, I'm done. I don't want to talk about it. Right, so right, you're gonna, right. You're you see other people who believe in God. You're like, ah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Bigfoot is is. Like why not? Why why wouldn't I believe? But yeah. So anyway, interesting and very 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 interesting. So this next part, this next uh, snippet, bullet, bullet point snippet, okay. if you will, is um, one that is it's difficult for me. Okay. Because I I suffer from this, 
and you're working on something called imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Tell yes. me, tell me a little bit about that. But before, actually, before you do, that's my biggest hurdle right now. My biggest hurdle right now is why would anyone listen to a podcast that I do? Why would anybody read a book that I wrote? Mm-hmm. Why would anybody go to a movie? You know, and and I'm and I'm getting through it because most of the stuff I do, it gets pretty good feedback, and, it, yeah, and yeah. it's out there, and and different you know writing groups and everything and i actually got a couple people who who want to represent mm-hmm. me and, and everything which is always great and it's only have to give them ten thousand down mm-hmm. yeah right. <laughs> right. <laughs> i'll pay you to believe in me exactly yeah. but but imposter syndrome is is real for me but again going back back in the day when i hated you yeah um you clearly had some of that and clearly still have some of that. Why don't you tell me, tell me about the inspiration to try and capture that? You know, it's, um, it was, it was interesting. I, so imposter syndrome is a collection of short comic book stories that I wrote. All of them are drawn by different artists. And when I knew I was going to put all these shorts together into a single collection, I was just trying to come up with a, a title that worked. And, and I was originally calling it discombobulated discombobulated is the name of a web comic that I'd been doing for quite some time. And it just didn't quite, for whatever reason, it didn't feel like it was working for the book. Right. Um, but I was, I kept saying the discombobulated book, the discombobulated book. And then I was just, I kind of was hit with a really bad bout of imposter syndrome. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like, cause it comes and goes and I wouldn't say it comes and goes in waves. It's like, it's always here. It's just, sometimes it's more intense than other times. Right. It's like, you're the Hulk. I yeah. always stay angry. Yeah. yeah. That's how All I control the, it. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I just thought like, I, I, there, I must've been having a conversation with someone within the last, we'll say eight, nine months. And, and I probably was talking about like, they were probably came to me about their feelings of inadequacy. And I was like, oh, Hey, I got that problem too. Right. And they right. were like, what? what no huh yeah. and then i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna call this collection imposter syndrome because I, I i feel like to me it's important that people know that like i have this right yeah. and and it's if somebody likes my work i have to take it at take them at their word right because i don't necessarily see what there is to like because yeah. all i see is i'm like oh well man I, I faked that one. Like, right. I, don't, I don't know how right. I did it. Like, somehow I managed to pull it off. Did I write this or was, did I like somehow like get possessed by, you know, whomever? So, you know, I, I, I have it and I, you know, I have ways that I deal with it and, and try to cope with it. What it comes down to more than anything, though, is that as a creative person, like, I just have to be creative. I've got to do it. And, yeah. And so if nobody sees it, nobody reads it, nobody connects with it, I'm not going to say that I'm cool with it, but like I did it because I, I had this idea. I had to get it out. Yeah. I had to. And and so for me, like that's first and foremost. Right. And and so I'm going to do this no matter what. Right. That's the thing. Right. It's It's like. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good right there. That's an old chip. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get rid of. <laughs> right, right. Um, just trying to rub some off. Yeah, but, on see, but see, but see, that's the thing. It's like you're doing it now. You're doing your thing now. Right, right. We, each of us, get in our own way, right? Like, so there might be other people that keep me from getting one thing or another thing, but no one 
can mess up my life more than me, right? Yeah. <laughs> and no one can mess up my career more than me. And and I have to remind myself of that. I have to remind myself that no one's going to hate my work more than I'm going to hate it. Right. And and so if I'm going to hate it, I also have to figure out how to love it and how to, you know, find or come to peace with it, I guess. It's like um you know, it's it, it's 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 just like anything else. It's like, okay, I, I've chosen to do this, right? <laughs> Which is maybe the dumbest thing I could possibly choose to do, but I, I've chosen to do it. I'm going to stick with it. And, and if, if people, if, if, if people make that connection, if it, if it resonates with them, good, I'm happy. And if they, if they don't, that's their problem. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like, no, I, I, and I try, I try and get that too. I just, and yeah, and you have you have to, and I and I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah. closer, but you have to say this is it, and yeah. this is this is you know this is me to quote you know greatest showman. Yeah, this is me, and 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 then say okay. Now it doesn't mean here you don't like it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, don't can't do that. be like that, right? But it's you know if somebody says oh you know what maybe you should do this or maybe you should do that, consider it and factor it in. But but the idea that that you do like you said earlier if someone says they like it you have to accept them at their word yeah because a lot of stuff i've done over the years has just been throwaway stuff to me mm -hmm. you know that i've spent weeks and months on <laughs> but it's you know it's just a throwaway project yeah and then somebody will go this is so funny or this is so good and you're like why are you saying that you know yeah I, you know <laughs> what's wrong with you right right why <laughs> you do know? you think this is good but see i like that extends to like everything in my life if i'm dating somebody i'm like what's wrong with her you know right. like <laughs> right. like you you are mental did, uh, did like yeah so i just i feel like but on the flip side and and i don't know if you're there yet that there's the other end of imposter syndrome which is like the egomaniac right and it's the is can't wait to get there it's 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 weird it's great it's it's, a, <laughs> it's um there's like and i had to develop this this sort of skill where it's like i grudgingly will be like yeah no this is good what i wrote was good stop stop being an idiot about this right yeah you know if it's something that i wrote five years ago yeah i should be able to look at it and go okay i can do better right because i should be a better writer today than i was five years ago and um and so yeah you just you there's like to me the and i tell people this the only thing that rivals my imposter syndrome is when the ego gets completely out of control and I and I don't want to. I've never been one of the. Do you know who I am? Sort of. But I almost went there today, right? I almost. <laughs> there was a moment where I almost said, the, "Do you know who I am?" And and I, but I didn't do it. You could do um, it at Comic Con. Like, I, yeah, because yeah, you could do I it mean, at Comic Con. Like, yeah, but, but somebody would record it, and then it would right. It, yeah, it would yeah, go yeah, viral. And right. well, I always knew that Walker was a douchebag. Yeah, and, yeah well. I told you back in '86 he was a jerk. <laughs> Yeah, those never play well. Like, yeah, no, they th don't. those come out like in the, oh god. Yeah. I remember seeing Reese Witherspoon getting pulled over. Yeah. And oh man. I, oh, like, I didn't see that one. Okay. So, yeah, she yeah. did she's literally like, Do you know who I am? Drunk yeah. to the yeah. police. Oh. Do you know who I am? It's it's like, always funny when they say when they say to me, Don't I know who you are? And it's the cop and I'm like, Yeah, yeah you probably do. So <laughs> <laughs> So you've also been very open about battling depression yeah yeah and uh and again everything 
that you say resonates with me and I'm happy to see it affects you like a hundred times worse. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's going back to when you hated me. It's right, right. carryover. It's residual hate. I like that, man. I like that you can still have a little bit a of little that. Bit. Yeah. yeah. I want you to yeah, be happy, but not, not that happy. Not totally happy, yeah. But do you, do you find that it helps to talk about it? Do you think it, being out there, putting um, it out there? Do people, do people no, ever approach terrible. you about it? terrible. It actually is. It's terrible because people do approach me all the that's time about it. And so I, I have, um, oh, I can't even remember the, the, the diagnosis of it, right? But I, I, I'm what they call high, I, I have high functioning depression, right? So I'm not that person who stays in bed all day and is morose and has like yeah. a dark cloud over them. Most people don't know that I'm miserable, even if I'm miserable in the moment, right? Are you miserable right now? Um, I'm, I'm on, a, on a scale of one to ten, okay. I'm like maybe at a three or a four right now. So I got you some more ten pizza. Being, ten being super miserable? Ten being super miserable. Okay. Last night I, I hit a ten, right? Um, and, and this morning when I first woke up and we were having coffee, I was still pretty bad. And then I got better, right? Uh, and and part of it is because I'm living in my own head, and and it's the you know whatever I'm I'm dealing with, whatever I'm contending with, and like I can't tell you why I I talk about it as much as I do. Maybe it's because I like the attention, right? It, yeah, it's right. good that for meeting be. chicks, right? right? Um, <laughs> no, but I, I you know okay, so we're all of a certain age, you know, we're all within the general same age group, yeah, and you know we. <laughs> You know, for better or worse, we're men, right? Yes. Like we were, we're, not, we're not. part of that generation of like, yes. we're not yeah. supposed to show certain emotions. Correct. We're supposed to, and like, I can say for myself that a lot of the problems I have are because of that, right? Mm. And nobody should ever have to go through some of the stuff that I go through because it, it's like, like who says what's normal and who says what's abnormal, and right. and so. Me, yeah. <laughs> I'm the arbiter. Of Are one. you? All yeah. right. Um, so am you I. Freak. But I'm just, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like y- you, there's nothing worse. I feel there's nothing worse than feeling like you're completely alone, or that nobody gets you, or or, or that what you're going through, no one has ever yeah. gone through. Yeah, yeah. And and so if you can send up like even like just a little signal or a road flare or whatever that says, oh, I got this too. You like most people will will feel a little less alone, right? And and because there's never anything quite as reassuring to go, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I'm a freak, but there's somebody else who's got the same right. freaky thing, right. right? I'm not the only freak. Yeah, I'm not the only freak. And and so it's like the now what's weird is that a lot of people reach out to me about their depression. And it's like, well, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Like, I, like <laughs> right. I live in a state where, where weed is legal. And, and and so I, you know, am now a middle aged pothead. You know, okay. I, I never did it when I was younger, but I I like do a lot of edibles and I smoke from time to time. And and I'm not going to lie. This is some self-medication like this yeah. is a crutch. Um, I don't drink, you know, and and uh, I don't play Russian roulette. So there's that. That's, but, yeah, that's good. Um, better edibles than Russian roulette. Yeah, that's but I, I do feel like there's, you know, there's. Like if if we don't talk about it, and we don't try to normalize it, I, I guarantee you that like all of us at this point, especially this far into the pandemic, which is still going on, it's not over. Like we all, not only do we all know people suffering from depression, we all suffer from it yeah. in some capacity or another. 
how do you normalize it? How do you talk about it? And because that's the only way you can even get help is is to admit that there's something there. So I guess my my procedural question mm-hmm. would be because I wrestle I wrestle with demons mm-hmm. and and my feeling and summing it up really really in line with what you're saying is nobody knows why I'm in California while my family is still in Oregon with this new fourth brother, David Walker. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's obviously, I've that. wondered, right. I have wondered. No, I, and, I seriously have. And, or, you know, my wife, dot, 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 my brother, dot, 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 yeah. my kids, dot, 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 you know, and nobody else could possibly be feeling this because everybody else clearly has perfect relationships with yeah. their spouse and their siblings and their kids and their friends. And, and it's hard because for me and I don't I Ed, please do not take any of this as advice anyone listening <laughs> okay this is absolutely one person trying to cope okay <laughs> and I try and find other when I have a frustration and I'll just say with my wife for example that I try and find other people with similar frustrations with their spouse mm-hmm. or whatever and then I I measure. I try and compare, and I'm like, and and typically, I'm like, oh, God, my wife isn't that bad. Yeah. You, know, or, you know what I mean? And, and whatever it is, it's, you know, what she's doing, or or you know, my yeah. kids. Oh my God, my kids aren't that bad. Yeah, they could my, be doing my, this. My kids aren't meth heads. This is great. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, my, my kid's not a serial killer. Whew, yeah, well, dodged no, a bullet. No murders yeah. yet. Yeah. And but. Two doesn't make cereal, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be at least three. They're both cereal. passionate, so. Uh, and and that's you know and again we all live in the world of bright shiny yeah, yeah. things that everybody puts out is bright and shiny and and most of my life is shiny mm-hmm. most most of what I do in my life every day and and I am very happy with my wife I'm very happy with my kids I'm very happy with my siblings I'm very you know I I am very happy but it's still there's these crippling fears of confrontation or conflict yeah that i just have a that are crippling and mm-hmm. and and it makes my brain just start spinning and i have to either turn on music or turn something on just so my brain stops and sings along to you know whatever songs on the radio or whatever and and then i take a step back and what doesn't work is what everybody thinks work count your blessings <laughs> you know I, I do that but yeah. not not as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. And and for de- depression or whatever, you know, oh, you know, or they'll tell me. See, and it's funny because I seek out people who who have it, and yeah. I don't want to say worse, but you know, similar conflicts with your kids, you know, yeah, yeah. You have whatever. And then you look at how either they handle it or how it turned out, and you say that's bad. So I seek that out as comfort, but nothing is less comforting than when someone says, "Well, look at so and so. You could be in that position." Or, oh you know, God, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like that. You know, and I don't get inspired by the athlete with no legs who did a wheelchair marathon. I, I don't. I don't. I'm happy for that person. It's remarkable, but that doesn't help me. That doesn't apply to my life. And and so, but the guy, you know, who gets up and jogs three days a week or something. Okay, okay, that's something I can shoot for. Okay, yeah. I will never jog okay. ever because. Okay. I don't know. But you know what I mean. Some some attainable. If you thought about jogging and yeah, that's it's yeah. as close. Yeah, I yeah. get it. And 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 writing. You know, you hear yeah. people say, "I just did a master." The master classes are great, by the way. Yeah. Um, and it was like I forget the the authors who I just did, but it was write every day, write yeah. a thousand words a day. 
if you know that was and, me who said that oh is that you yeah that was me okay then you i don't know watch my <laughs> <laughs> hey don't uh, seriously folks david has given me some great advice and motivation over the years that is absolutely not an exaggeration uh but but you see that and that's obtainable yeah you know that's something that i can i can do and you don't find time you make time you make mm -hmm. time for the things that are important so you know it's interesting that you say that because this is I've hit this point where, and this is that, that balance I was talking about between imposter syndrome and, and the egomania, right? Where I'm like, well, I should be striving to be the absolute best and a game changer. And if I, if I'm, I would rather strive and fall short than to just go, oh, I'm just going to, you know, okay, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm just going to be mediocre at it. Or this, this right. is good enough. Good right? enough. Yeah. And, oh. and that's a thing like, and this is each of us has to get there in our own way and time where we understand what good enough is. Yeah. And, and it's usually for me, it's it's dictated by deadlines. Right. It's like like there's I've got hardcore deadlines and that's how I get to good enough is, okay. you know. Um, but, yeah, it's it's it, it's it's interesting to me because I I as of late. And I think people think I'm joking because I'm usually so self-deprecating. Yeah. Um, but when they, you know, what are you working on? And I say, well, I'm working on a, a project right now that's going to be the best project that anyone's ever seen. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working on the comic that will change Comics. everything. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And they're like, well, and I'm like, why would I strive for anything less? Right. You know. Right. And and so like in in this particular industry in the comic industry. It's um like Watchmen is one of the things that everybody talks about. It's one of the benchmarks, right? It's yeah. it's like the Citizen Kane of, of right, comics. Right. And and I've said to other creators when they reach out to me if they want to collaborate, I'm like, well, yeah, I want to I, I, I want to be the next Watchmen. It's not to say that I even want to do anything remotely like Watchmen. Right. Right. But I want it to be that groundbreaking. Yeah. That 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 proves that myself and whoever I worked with have mastered our craft in such a way that people are studying it and going, wow, how did they do this? Yes. How do they make it happen? If you, I, I know you're a big Prince fan, right? Yes. So, so you listen to Prince and it's like, you may never get there as a musician, as a performer, yeah. but why wouldn't you want to strive to, I hit, to, I hit that like three years ago to be your, to be the, absolute best that tony can be right yeah. no, right and it's so funny because i do have that built-in mentality because yeah. i remember clearly in little league yeah where i would say on a game i was pitching i would go i'm gonna throw a no hitter today yeah you know i'm throwing a no hitter yeah. then i give up a hit yeah first innings fourth inning whenever then i'd say i'm gonna throw a one hitter today yeah and i really had this irrational confidence of of things like that and when i when i write and i think that's one of my biggest problems is when i put a uh a heart and emotional effort into something and put it on the page and it's really good but it doesn't change the world you know or it doesn't change the paradigm well then i'm like oh why, you know why did i bother well so first of all you you have to um this is this is the most important thing i think you you don't get to determine if it's going to change the world right i i, I tell this to my students all the time um now, like, like with sports, you might be you. You can say, okay, I'm gonna beat this particular record, right. and that's my goal. Um, and and that is something yeah. that you can work it's a towards. Tangible thing. It's right? a, it's more tangible.
But when you're talking about it in terms of music or art, any sort of creativity, it's we don't control that. It is the audience that determines it. Right. And so you have to strive to do the absolute best that you can do. But in the end, and I don't care if you're working in comics or music, film, whatever it is, painting, the end of the day, we all have a, 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 a final collaborator. And that final collaborator is our audience. It's the person who reads the book or watches the movie or listens to the song or looks at the painting. And then they internalize it. They, they process it. They look at it. It means something to them. And then it's no longer ours, right? right. And, and so it's, you know, going back to Prince, right? Prince's music stopped being his the moment anybody else listened to it. It's still his music, but like you, it means something different right. to you. Right. It means something different to me. It means something different to BJ. And, and, and no matter what Prince could say, it can't take that away from us, right? Or it shouldn't. It, right, and, right. And, and a good artist, I believe, doesn't attempt to do that. So if somebody walks up to me and says, oh, I love this thing that you wrote, and this is my favorite thing, and, and it struck me this way, even if that's not wasn't my intention, right? thank you very much. Thank you. you know, so. so an age-old question mm -hmm. for artists is, would you rather have written Avengers mm -hmm. or your version of Naomi or, or Bitterroot or something like that where you feel like it's, it's not nearly as commercially you know, yeah. because honestly, and they're good. Marvel, I, I enjoy them. I'm yeah. not, you know, all the superhero movies, I like them. I enjoy them. It's fun. You turn your brain off for two and a half hours. You cheer for the good guys. <laughs> and, and and that's okay. There's a value to that. But it, I don't think anybody's going to do classes on it, you know, yeah, <laughs> 20 no, years from now. I, I, you know, for me, at this point in my life, at this juncture, I, I like, yeah, I, I would rather be my own stuff. Right. Um, one of the questions my, I get asked a lot, especially when I'm teaching, uh, I'll hear a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I, I don't I don't want to put my work out there too soon because what if somebody steals it? Right. To which I always say, like, well, first of all, you should be fortunate enough that someone will right. want to steal your work. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and it should be that good. But if it is that good and if it's if it's coming from a place within you that is so truthful and so real that like nobody can actually steal it from you you know like the, the last time you and i talked face to face you you were talking about some stuff and i said oh you know this would be a cool book this idea da -da -da -da. Right. and i maybe even said to you if you don't write it i'm gonna write that you book did say you know that. <laughs> and and the thing is is like i could write that book and you could write that book and right. it, it, they would both be very right. very different right, right? Yeah. and and it's not to say that yours will be better or that mine will be right. worse they'll just right. be different right and 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 so it's interesting because mine, mine would be better. yours would be better. Right, right. Um, <laughs> it's 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 you take it for what it is, right? Yeah. And and I think about it. I I often think about it this way. Um, I one of the lessons I use with my students is I make them listen to Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train, right? Okay. And because that's one of my go-to songs when I'm like super depressed and I feel like I'm falling apart, I listen to Crazy I, Train. I, and then I make them listen to this cover version of Crazy Train. And they're always like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And I get into it and I say, look, because when you're being creative, 
most of the time what you're doing is you're just building off of what somebody else did. Yeah. But you need to make sure you understand and you know what the other person did and that you honor and respect it. And so cover songs are like in a lot of ways what most of us are doing in one capacity or another, right? Yeah. And and it's one thing to like if you're going to do a cover, make sure you pay respect to that that, that I artist, that person, right? Yes. And and when you're working in comics, if you're writing Spider-Man or Batman or X-Men, you are writing something that was created by somebody else. You are writing something that, that there are certain types of rules that have to apply, that you right. have to stick to. You're never going to be able to change certain things. You can change some things, but right. there's these guidelines. So it, in a lot of ways, it's very much like a cover song. You can change the tempo, and maybe you can change some of the rhythms, but... The song is the skeleton, the, song. the yeah. bones of the bones. I don't even know how we got on that subject, I don't but either, that's okay. But it was fun. <laughs> uh, all right. I have taken up way too much of your time, so I'm going to cut to a few quick questions here. Sure. What's your favorite black exploitation series? You can give me a couple, you don't have to narrow it down to one. Uh, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blicking black, blacker than black, black. I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black and I'm black. Series, movie, Little movie, event. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, so today, right now, as you're asking me, I can tell you that it's Across 110th Street, which is a film starring um, Yafet Kodo and Anthony Quinn, which is actually one of the best crime movies of the 70s. Ah. Uh, the Spook Who Sat by the Door, which is the greatest black exploitation movie of all time, and also like probably one of the best, most subversive films of all time. And then, um, and then I'll just I'll say Truck Turner. Because Truck Turner is actually easy for people to find, but it's really, really fun. Okay. And that's, that's starring Isaac Hayes. Yafet Kodo and Isaac Hayes. Yafet Kodo, close. Isaac Hayes, yes. Yeah. I mean, not the same movie. Not together. Let's right. see, were they ever in a movie together? Well, that's a good question. Uh, Six I, Degrees nope, from Yafet Kodo? No, they weren't. I'm, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they weren't. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah. What's the worst? Oh, man, that's a long list. But uh, I'll say Blackenstein is the worst. I remember and, Blackenstein. Yeah, I remember it's, coming on TV. Yeah. and Blackula. Yeah, Blackula. Blackula is good. I like Blackula. I did the I did the audio commentary for the Blackula Blu-ray, so I oh, I actually yeah. love that movie. But but Blackenstein is the is not only one of the worst movies of all time. Part of the reason it's so bad is because it's so disappointingly bad. Right? It's yeah. like the title Blackenstein. How do you go wrong with that? <laughs> And yet they went wrong in every direction. It's worse than the blunch black and bloat your blame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the what, what? Oh, it's a joke it's from a, the Simpsons. Joe from the Simpsons, yeah. Next on Exploitation Theater, Blackula, followed by Blackenstein and the blunch black of bloat your blame. Woo! Funky. <laughs> Coming up tonight, uh, it's Blackula, followed by Blackenstein. Then, the blunch black and bloat your blame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It is funny. Simpsons are good. These guys are good. They know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. They've been doing it. They've been doing it for a minute. Well, BJ, do you have anything? I mean, you, you kind of got here late. Uh, through no fault of you. I mean, I'm just saying, if it's something you wanna. Um, it's funny when you're talking about like uh, fear of somebody stealing something of mm-hmm. yours. My friend Matt Thompson, who's a writer as well, and has been published a few times. That he was. We we used to kind of have little therapy sessions middle-aged men therapy sessions at SeaWorld. We'd like share a green room and, and <laughs> take turns being on the couch and the other person would be on the chair. Hmm. And, and, uh, and we was talking about it 
and it was like uh if somebody like were to steal something of yours you know it's like the goose that lays the golden egg you know mm -hmm. they get your golden egg but you're still the goose man yeah you you got a lot of you got endless golden eggs inside you and i just remember him like yeah, i'm the goose and so still to this day be like, I'm, I'm, the goose. I'm the goose i'm the goose i am the goose let's see all right so so that's it the goose was your contribution uh, yeah. yeah that's all i got all right. that's all i got all right. so. just, just want to make sure i didn't sell you short because david's actually your friend we talked about this earlier yeah, well you know that i, I assume <laughs> david's in good hands and and uh and uh he was rolling when i came in and i waited to a opportune time to kind of open the door and, and step through so uh, With, i trust it was all went, going well i'm the goose <laughs> yeah dude that, i'm the goose's gold man that's gold right there i'd just be happy to be an egg right now i just you know poop poop me out as gold D just want an egg no you no. want the creative i want to be the acumen egg. to be the goose to create these golden eggs i just want an egg man just an egg just one egg baby so uh i think i gave you a little heads up final question sure. you have committed a capital crime mm -hmm. you are heading to be put to death you get one movie mm -hmm. one meal to eat while you watch that movie and then one song to put in your headphones while they play you off to the sweet abyss. Okay. Is it crazy train? Meatloaf? Uh, okay, so you, what do you want me to start with? The meal, the movie? Meal, meal movie or movie meal? Either either or. Okay, so movie would be Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay, the uh, the Broadway? The, 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 19, the, the 1973 Norman Jewison movie with okay. Ted Neely, Carl Anderson. That would be the movie, hands down. Oh, oh wow. Um, my meal would be, uh, and, and this could be, it, it would have to be like a really good Chicago style pizza, right? Because okay. like that's what we're supposed to have. Yeah, tonight. yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but I, I would like to say specifically, it would be a place called My Pie, which was where I was growing up. Which would mean we'd have the ability to go back in time. Um, you, you do. You okay. absolutely have. So the I could, I could. So then after I get the pizza back in nineteen like eighty four or whatever. I'd also then be able to go back and stop myself from committing whatever that no, capital crime no, is. So, no. <laughs> um, yeah, see, yeah, you yeah. could have, but you already used your one trip back for the pizza. Oh, so now, so interesting. <laughs> you, you one trip You're back, like, and you chose the pizza. pizza. My life. This pizza is yeah. really good. It's good pizza. Good. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. Um, so, your uh, any any size desserts, drinks, anything um, in particular? Yeah, for dessert, it would be uh, three scoops of ice cream, uh, two would be rainbow sherbet, and the other would be like a coconut pineapple sherbet, all from Baskin-Robbins. Okay. All right. Um, uh, Welch's grape soda, um, all served to me by um, the Landers Sisters circa 1979. <laughs> I don't know. Landers <laughs> Sisters. And Landers and Dear Abby? No, no. Uh, was it Audrey and oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, the bombshell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the blonde, the blondies. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, I know. They're like Morgan Fairchild. They're like they, they were like that. Yeah. yeah. Although it was one of their birthdays recently, I don't know. It popped I totally, up somewhere. I would have never thought of them. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, and neither would I. Except something popped up, and it was like one of their <laughs> birthdays, and I was like, oh my god, Audrey. Oh, that's Lewis. right. Yeah, yeah. So, something popped up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to stay highbrow most of this thing. <laughs> we, we didn't sink too too much. 
All right, so you are now chock full of Chicago-style pizza. You're yeah. satiated thirst with your grape soda. You have been calmed down by a soothing neck rub as your dessert was fed to you by the Lander sisters. Yeah. And uh, what song is it? What are you going to go out to? Um, I'm going to go out to Gonna Raise Hell by Cheap Trick. Cause it's like a nine and a half minute song, right. and so I was thinking, time. yeah, yeah. So it's like <laughs> it was either that or uh, um, what's the song by Don McLean? Long, long time ago, American Pie. Yeah, but that's not actually the name of the song. Oh, it's, it's not. No, it no, it's not. It's it's. I'm telling you. You want to bet money? Do you want to bet right? Uh, yeah, money? dollar right now. Okay, it's right. uh, bet money because the name of the song is called. Um, like it's like the day the music died or something like that. Go to Wikipedia and look and see. All right. They're going to tell you the real name of the song. Call up Don McLean. I'm going to get him on the phone. But Cheap, Cheap Trick was came along, and just their name, their style, it made me feel cool. Yeah, so no. Like Cheap Trick. They're, I mean, they're was, a good band. They, they, are, they, they, are. they still hold up really, really well. Oh, really? So, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't seen them. Seen them, but they and they had a they had a list of yeah. songs. Where they have a little deeper catalog. The one from the Mad Movie. What was the Mad Movie? Uh... Mama's all oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Daddy's up the Academy. Right. Oh, God. Just, up the Academy. Yeah, I hadn't thought yeah. about that movie yeah. in forever. You um, stand out like a turd in a punch bowl. Surrender. Yeah. Surrender. Yeah, that's the song about getting venereal disease, right? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, my goodness. I, um, I, I'm one of those people who, like, is really fascinated with what songs are really about. Yeah. And so I always, even when I was a kid, listening to stuff. And the only reason why I say it is because when I'm DJing, that song is on my list. And then I play it at the zoo. I play it every so often if there's not a lot of people there. Do you play Madonna's version or Don McLean's version? Madonna has a version of American yeah, Pie. She does a cover of American Pie. I have not ever heard of that. Yeah, let's do it. It's pretty good. News to me. It's, so the song is, is about <laughs> the day the music died, which is the day Richie Valens, the Big Bopper, and um, Buddy Holly died. Maybe right. I think it may be the day the music died. Oh, and it's off the album American Pie, so that yeah. might be. So I want to thank uh, David Walker for being in town, coming by, learning how much I hated him back in the day, and how we've transcended that now and become. It's a beautiful thing to transcend. Transcension is awesome. And uh, check out his stuff. Look for Bitter Root. Hopefully get a... You for an award, right? Hmm? You up for an award? Mm-hmm. Up for an award. When does that get... Tomorrow night is the award show. Oh. What? 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 what, what? We're up for an award for uh, Bitter Root for Best Continuing Series and for the Black Panther Party for Best Nonfiction Graphic Novel. Oh, wow. So we'll see. So guys, Google this dude. Uh, unlike the, the song, don't worry about America Pie <laughs> slash The Day the Music Died. I'll, I'll have that one figured out. But Google this dude. Check out his work. I have a lot of his stuff. It's really good. I'd buy it and read it even if he wasn't a friend. I even watched Naomi. Um, that's that's true friendship. You yeah, have, yeah. My son boycotted Naomi because he remembered that Dave told him he didn't get <laughs> money for it. That they, they kind of screwed him over in the in the contract thing. So I'm like, didn't you watch Naomi or He's like, no, I would never watch Naomi because <laughs> they screwed Dave. Screwed Dave right? <laughs> I'm like, all right, good answer. So we're going to sign off. BJ, say goodbye. Goodbye, y'all. And David, saying to sign off. Goodbye, my friends. Thank you, everybody. Tony in La Mesa. La Mesa. Outro. 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 Outro.
that is going to do it for another episode of Tony on the Mic. Please subscribe, like, comment, and support the show at Tony on the Mic on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the TikTok. All of these platforms are being slowly filled with quality entertainment product. Also support the show on our Patreon page and contact Tony on the Mic at TonyOnTheMic.com for sponsorship opportunities and content suggestions. I want to thank my sponsors and the support side, including associate producer Gary Lawrence. 